Hello, hello there, Vlad here. Welcome to Cat Pick Fridays, episode number 15. 15 episodes in of this thing. Happy Friday, everyone, or if you're listening on any other day, happy that day as well. And immediately, quick reminder, this episode is available both on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can find it on all three things. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing slash liking slash commenting slash reading reading <laughs> leaving a review that's how english works and again i'm joined by mr hey i just learned how to use photoshop and photoshop some greer pedals richard morgan how are you yay <laughs> finally 2021 and i can i can photoshop i learned how to cut something out and I mean, then put two things together and yeah we're all learning so I mean, That's that thumbnail was impressive. Like, for a second, you made me think Greer had released like a Lightspeed Deluxe pedal with two foot switches and stuff. So, uh, it did its job. Yeah, because I wish they really would, you know? Like, that's a totally clickbaity thing to do, but I actually wish they would do it. And yeah, between you and me, and I guess the people who watch this video, I kind of was hoping that when I did that as well, that people would be like, oh my God, is that really a thing? And maybe some people would share it, but apparently no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Gria liked it though. Like they got in touch and said they liked it. Oh, so that's, that's cool. nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, impressive <laughs> Photoshop work. So well done. Yeah. If, if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, it's a video I did on my own channel, just where I, you know, I really love the Gria Lightspeed Overdrive. I got a second one to test them out together, and I made a video saying Gria should make a deluxe version and put them both together. You can see it on my channel if you have twelve minutes of your life that you'd like to waste. That's one way to Am I selling advertise. it enough? I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah, I was just about to say, that's one way to advertise it, I guess. But yeah. yeah, I'm going to put links into comment, not comment things, description things. So yeah, it's there. Fun show today. We are going to dive into Music Radar's 20 Best Guitars for 2021. There's a bit of controversy whether this article is uh, relevant anymore. Like, it, according to some data, it was released in like August last year, which would be weird. Not sure, but we're going to dive into that one and also the best amps or like best 20 amps for 2021 from Music Radar as well. We're going to talk about Chris Buck's new single or actually his new band Cardinal Black. And we'll dive into Ingvi Malmsteen's new single as well, which should be fun. And then in host confessions, we're going to talk about our dream signature guitars we would like to get. So if we would be able to get one signature guitar, like, let, let's pretend for free or something like that, or have an unlimited budget, whose signature guitar we would want to get. And in my guitars, we'll dive into my Charvel San Dimas from 1995. Uh, a few episodes ago, I mentioned that I had a bad experience buying guitar gear on eBay and this is the one so I'm going to share a story about that then we'll answer a few of your questions and comments and in weekend watch recommendation we'll check out something from a legendary Steve Y but I think it's time to dive into the big no you cannot dive into the big fish let's get to the big fish I think that's how it works <laughs> moving on to recent happenings <laughs> All right, as I mentioned, musicradar.com has two articles. Uh, Want to start with guitars? Uh, yeah, which, why not? Yeah, 
for whatever reason, the article says that it's been released 10 months ago, which is, according to my math, makes it July. They released... Well, best it's, it's, it's certainly yeah. not 2021, 10 months ago. Yeah. I suspect that they wrote this list probably even before then, and they just update it every year, maybe, and it's like the same, the same link or something. Yeah. I don't know. They just update it periodically with new things. Yeah, I think what makes this list a bit interesting is the fact that they're not like actually grading like the the first impression you can get from this list is like they're grading like okay number one is the best guitar, but apparently they are just listed according to price. So the lower we get on the list, the more expensive the guitars get. I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of understand from it. It sort of makes sense, I guess. So it's like as you go down the list, it's like. More money. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, I've, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of lists like this in a way, but I also love going through them and disagreeing with them quite often. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And number one or the first entry, like I think calling it number one would be wrong because, as we mentioned, they don't imply that this is the best guitar uh, for for 2021. But uh, the first guitar is a Fender Player Stratocaster. The one that mm. we have here is this kind of, yeah, what's that color? Yellowish something. Um, kind of I'm going to call it Tobacco yeah. Smoker's Teeth. <laughs> I don't know what color that is. I'm pretty sure is that's like, the, wait, uh, buttercream. There's a, a list of finishes down there. I think that is a buttercream finish. I, yeah, it sounds I think, tasty. Yeah, I think the one you described first would be a bit more brown or and slightly darker, probably. <laughs> yeah, you're uneven. probably right. <laughs> I mean, I want someone to release a guitar called, called like Tobacco and Coffee or something like that with <laughs> like this different shades that of yellow nice. and like dark brown and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I remember I used to, um, you might have even seen it because you came to Hughes and Kettner. It was a guitar that we had in our office. Yeah. It was a classical guitar made by Manuel Rodriguez. And this is a, a Spanish company based in Toledo. And we had one of their classical guitars which was called coffees and cream and that guitar had a solid top and it was like a brown and a white side very beautiful instrument see if you can get a picture or something or, or a link yeah Cafe I, con I, leche. yeah i need to find that sounds fun but back to this guitar what i find interesting is the fact that uh, the guitar's price range starts from like 674 dollars so like not there's nothing below that on this list which already makes me slightly annoyed. There's other guitars, like, on a budget. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're only thinking about the very best guitars, full stop, you, you know, of course, the more you pay, often the better quality you will get. But looking at the title of the article, it says, the 20 best electric guitars 2021, our pick of the best guitars to suit all budgets. So we've totally missed out, you know, everything from... The Squire, Epiphone, Harley Benton, Vintage, the budget lines of instruments. It's kind of strange. Yeah, except I just scrolled down and number six is the Yamaha Pacifica, which is $299. Okay. So is this actually like a top list then? Beca because, okay, yeah, that's because very there's an strange. Epiphone. Yeah, there's an Epiphone for under 600 What? Oh, yeah, there's an Epiphone for... Yeah, okay. 
So it's clearly not 100% done by price. Yeah, so maybe this is the top list. Then It, it looks like the first 10 on the list are kind of... Oh no, I'm scrolling. I thought the first 10 would be more affordable and the second 10 would be more expensive, but actually it's just, it's a total mishmash. <laughs> yeah, because... Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Let's pretend this is the top list then because that's that's the only logical way I, I can approach this now. And I'm going to say like, yes, a Strat is a very versatile instrument, but also like... Uh, I would understand if this guitar was an HSS Strat because a bridge single coil on Strat is a bit more limiting, I guess, than if it would be like an HSS guitar. So, I such a weird pick as number one. I, I honestly don't get it. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, like the Strat is the most iconic electric guitar. So in that way, I guess what they've done is pick Fender's current, you know, standard, lowest entry point Fender branded guitar, which is a Strat. I'm not sure. It's it's also something I wouldn't pick. And I think there are different Stratocaster models and pickup configurations that would fit better in this category. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Number two is the PRS SE24 Custom, or SE Custom 24 to be exact. Uh, on this one, I can actually agree. I've played few PRS SE range guitars, and all of them have been good. Like those, they feel solid. They always sound good. Like they seem to have very decent pickups on them as well. And yeah, yeah, cool guitars. Can agree on that. If you like the look, but of like, those. if you look at the title, it says the best electric guitar. If you want to do it all solid body, again. It, is this guitar the best do-it-all solid body you can get? I understand that it has a vibrato and it has coil tap or coil split options, but there are other guitars that offer that, aren't there? I'm, I'm thinking about the Gibson Les Paul that we discussed last week on the show, the one that you sold. That had coil splitting options. Sure, True. it didn't have a whammy bar, but that's also a do-it-all solid body, right? Yeah, because they don't mention that this is like a budget-friendly do-it-all solid body. They just say it's the best, <laughs> best do-it-all solid body. Yeah, all the I do think generally that. Yeah, I do think generally that PRS is very good value for money, especially yeah. down at the lower end. Like, I came very close to buying one of the Paul's SE guitars, oh, which is true. not too dissimilar from this. It has two humbuckers and it has coil splitting options. The one I would have gone for didn't have a whammy bar. It was just a hard tail, but. It was it, what it is, an amazing instrument. I might still get one. And the used mm. prices on PRSs are very good in, in that they lose a lot of value when you buy one new and try to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three is the Gretsch G26 uh, Streamliner, a budget semi-hollow with an authentic Gretsch vibe. And this... What? Wait... Launch price seven forty nine dollars, <laughs> but three hundred and fifty pounds. I don't think uh, buy it in England if you're buying <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> it's half the price. How <laughs> oh, does that scale work? Interesting. I, I I assume there's a mistake there, but yeah, it looks beautiful. I I don't have much experience with Gretsch's at all, and I would love to at some point. And that looks kind of right up my alley. Yeah, I've for three hundred fifty pounds. Yeah. It's a bargain. Like, I've been 
really close to buying one of these. Though I like I've AP'd, I think this is probably like the uh, most budget friendly version. Then there's like 700 euros tier, I think, at least was yeah. at the time. And I was really close to buying that uh, like mid tier one or like the more expensive one, but then just had to spend my money on other things. I want one of those at some point because they're very unique sounding guitars. I don't think anything else sounds like Gretsch, so I'd be happy to go with one of those. Yeah, Gretsch is like a, a different choice, right? It's something yeah. different than your Les Paul, Strat, Telly. It's its own niche with the pickups and the vibe. Yeah, for me too. Let, let's buy a Gretsch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I also noticed there's a huge difference in like uh, how it feels because it's a hollow body guitar. Uh, yeah. like the extra euros you put in it you can definitely feel them in the finish in the quality of like fretwork and everything and yeah yeah great guitar number four is the prs s2 standard single cut satin uh the most affordable usa made prs is a stripped back rock machine mm. i can agree on that this one it's a really good guitar i, I think i've played yeah one few times yeah, I've tried one of these only briefly, but yeah, very, very nice. Yeah, I guess the question with PRS is, do you want their lowest budget American one, or do you want to buy something that's made in Indonesia or elsewhere around the same value that gives you more in terms of features? It's a, it's a choice, isn't it? Yeah. I also like that, like that they give a minus point for... Uh, well, and I quote, doesn't nail classic single cut visual wipe. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I mean, if, that, if that's the worst negative point they can find, you know, it really looks like they were trying to find something negative Seems to so. say. So that's, that's cool, I guess. Can you think of another single cut guitar that you could get for, you know, a thousand dollars, a thousand pounds, a thousand euros that would rival this one? I'm not sure there is one, especially not made in America. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, made in US is the thing, like, I don't think any other company does that. I mean, in that press range, there are other guitar brands that, I guess, kind of get close, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe there isn't anything else that's made in US in this price range. Yeah, it's quite nice, that. These lists yeah. are dangerous. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's like... It's really fun to dive into this and like f find some really weird options. Okay, number five is Fender Vintero 60s Telecaster Bigsby. Bigsby guitar has mm. number five, okay? Uh, priced at uh, $1,049 slash £819. And yeah, <laughs> plus sides, versatile tones, vintage spec and styling, ultra comfortable neck profile, and the only minus point is no left hand option. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's def that's definitely a topic for a future episode. The, the oh, lack yes. of left-handed options on guitars. But again, if that's the only negative point they can find, then great. But not, yeah, if you were going to pick a telly for this list, would you pick one with a Bixby for the best electric guitars? I hope there's a standard telly further down the list. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this. I don't know. This is so confusing. I yeah. I just I just cannot like wrap my head around the criteria they're using for this list. It just feels weird. Almost well, feels like I'm they're sure. trolling us. <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, you know, the fact that I'm going down this page and I have Fender adverts everywhere on the page 
-hmm. I'm not a cynical man, but I do work in this industry and have done for many years now. And I know that if you advertise in magazines and on websites and with YouTubers, then you get coverage. So it doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of Fender and PRS in this. And I'm waiting to see Gibsons. Yeah, true. Number six is the Yamaha Pacifica uh, 11 or like 112V. And that's a really budget friendly guitar. 299 US, yeah. 199 in British pounds. And it's a great be beginner's guitar. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, I, really, I, really I, good guitars. <laughs> minus point is vibrato could be better. It's like ideal for beginners, <laughs> modern sounds, versatile, and the minus point is vibrato could be better. Well, yeah, but you're paying one ninety nine in pounds for that, so Yeah, this is such a strange list. It has a rosewood fingerboard, which I regard as a plus point as well, whereas yeah. the Telecaster with the Bigsby has a Palferro board, which, you know, it's a snobbiness thing of me, like a total guitar elitist attitude to have but i would like a rosewood board on that telly to put it on this list as well or a maple board but um yeah, yeah pacificas are, are great true Full suddenly stop. i regret regret not naming this podcast guitar elitists but guitar elitist that's a good name <laughs> it's it certainly is <laughs> provocative if nothing else <laughs> uh number seven ibanez rg550 a true classic uh 99 uh well basically thousand dollars and 900 pounds it's a good guitar if you like very bright colors exactly and it's not for players who prefer thicker necks <laughs> yeah, that's true. i'm reading the the one negative point there yeah that's true. uh yeah I, i've played this specific model i think i mean there are so many ibanezes that look similar i know a couple of guys who have owned this one and yeah, it's nice. I mean, I'm not really like a fast neck Ibanez shreddy person. I'm not really a Floyd Rose or a whammy person, to be honest with you. But mm. it's, you know, it's really well built. It does a lot of different sounds. And the guys who own them make it sound amazing for what it's meant for. So yeah, yeah. exactly. That can be in the list. Again, yeah. the color, a little bit, a little bit divisive. <laughs> I look at the other options, Desert Sun Yellow, Road Flare Red, purple neon and white so it's like really in your face color schemes yep no nice two-tone sunburst here <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is not the guitar for that <laughs> uh, yeah i really like i like like not uh not for players who prefer thicken x and also like not for players who like uh, more traditional radiuses because i'm guessing this is like probably like 16 inch radius or something like that also like super super flat yeah uh, uh, I, I kind of would love to get one just because of the looks and like the vibe. It's very 80s and I love it. Yeah. Hey, we got an Epiphone as number eight. Epiphone Les Paul Yay. Standard Plus Top Pro. Uh, 599 US, 499 British pounds. Classic design with modern tweaks. Stunning AAA maple top. Versatile cold up tones. Slim profile neck. Uh, a little non traditional. That was the only minus point. Yeah, it's a good guitar, most likely. Yeah, but again, would you put that on the list? For Is that the best Epiphone Les Paul you can get? I mean, I think with this model, you're paying a lot of extra money to get that nice top. Yeah, true. But at the same, you know, you could, you could put extra features in or pay less to get something which plays just as well and just not have that flame maple top. Is it a maple cap or is it a veneer? That's also 
a question which only a nerd would ask, but I'm asking it. Yeah, I'm guessing for this price, I mean, $5.99 US dollars, it has to be a veneer. Like, Yeah, just a Are very, that... very thin piece of wood on top. Yeah. And yet again, a Palferro fingerboard. So it's one of the modern models. I get that they want to feature the newest ones, but there are other options in the Epiphone range. For example, the 2020-2021 Epiphone Les Paul Customs. They have ebony boards. They're about yeah. the same price. I would recommend that over this for sure. I think they also have chunkier necks. They have the yeah. new headstock shape too. Looking at the picture, this one doesn't even have the new headstock. I hmm. know. So maybe this maybe is that's not even the right guitar on the picture. Could be. I don't know. Could be. Number nine is the Shavel Pro Mod DK twenty four HSS model. I've played these DK models, and I actually I was like pretty close to buying one as well. Great guitars. Yeah, the I neck remember. was a bit too slim for me, but otherwise really, really amazing instruments. And what I liked about them is like when you get one, there isn't really like anything that apparent that you want to upgrade. It's like a great package, right there. Like every, like good tuners, good hardware, great pickups, stuff like that. It's all there, and they have. Few... But it has a, it yeah. has a serious negative point. <laughs> no case, <laughs> and that is, that is a make or break negative point for me. Yes. No, it's not. It's really not. This guitar is about the same price as that Ibanez, the True. luminous yellow Ibanez. Which one would you go for? I guess the Charvel, right? Yeah, just because I don't really like like. Uh, for Lodera style tremolos, too much of a hassle. This is a bit more traditional, like a two-point floating tremolo. More up my alley, I'd say. Yeah. And actually, the next guitar is also kind of very similar because it's the Ibanez Prestige AZ2204, which is also an HSS guitar and also made in Indonesia. A little bit pricier. No wait, it's prestige. It's the more it's the premium version of these. Yeah, so, built in Japan, yep. Yeah. I mean, it's very debatable whether the prestige range or the premium range is the better one. The premium one is roughly the same price as the Charvel we just talked about, which is like around thousand euros or so. So yeah. I've had the like my Ibanez AZ two four what whatever they call two two four or something like that the one with two humbuckers instead of the HSS. Yeah, I mean you can feel the difference between the Japanese and the Indonesian made one, and they sound mm. a bit different. But like overall build quality wise, I wouldn't say they are that different. Actually, both are like really really good. There's actually a video on Phil McKnight's channel comparing the Indonesian made and the Japanese made one. I'm going to put that in the description as well because it's a really interesting mm -hmm. comparison and he actually ended up preferring the uh, the Indonesian made one. Is that <laughs> the one that he bought when he was with us at Hughes and Kettner? Because we had a bunch of Ibanez guitars there during the video shoot week and he took one home with him. I remember. Man, I don't remember. But yeah, uh, I could check like some of the Rocking 1000 footage and <laughs> maybe I could find him there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, no rosewood thing about option. What? 
This is this is such a stupid negative point. Like the whole idea is that it's a baked maple neck. You don't add rosewood fingerboard on it. What? Uh, yeah, kind of weird. Eleven number eleven is Fender Johnny Marr Jaguar. What? And it's two thousand pounds again. Like, a, yeah, it's quite a niche offset guitar to choose. I mean, the Johnny Marr Jaguar does have a great reputation. Sure. Among offset fans, it is supposed to be one of the very best you can get. But yeah, interesting because it's not really a traditional model in that sense. He's done his things to it. It has bernacle pickups in it, not fenders, oh. for example. And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a, a brave choice for the list. And I would love to try one of these guitars, actually. But yeah, but yeah. for this price and number eleven on the list, uh, yeah, I don't know. What what a weird list. Then there's a, number twelve is Guild Starfire V which is a very kind of great style whole body with a Bigsby again <coughs> and some interesting looking pickups on it. LB1 humbuckers. Okay. That again. looks kind of cool. Yeah. But again, it's like 1,000 euros. Uh, I <laughs> this list confused me. I, I, I have nothing to say about this guitar. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> because the next one, number 13, is the LTD EC1000 with an Evertune bridge. Uh, again, what? <laughs> Interesting choice. I, I mean, oh, EC1000 from LTD is a killer guitar. It's Korean-made, and I've actually had one of those, not with Evertune, but like the kind of Tunematic bridge one. Killer guitar for the money, like a pro-level guitar for thousand-ish euros or so. And this one has Evertune as well, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, and they say as the negative point, Evertune is complex to get to grips with initially, but the plus point Evertune bridge ensures constant tuning, so... Yeah. Yeah. Tune it once and don't worry about it again. <laughs> I kind of want to try those out. Like It sounds like such an interesting concept. Like, here's the guitar... Like, to set it up once and it will just always stay in tune, which is kind of crazy. Number 14 is the Fender American Performance Stratocaster, the lowest priced USA build stat with a wealth of tonal riches. Again, an HS, oh, like, sorry, SSS strat. And yeah. Extra switching options, great all rounder playability build, and upgrades from America. Special specification. Minus point is a limited color choice. <laughs> Somehow those okay. minus points don't feel like... Not all minus points yeah. are equal, I guess. I'm pretty sure there is an HSS version of the performer available. Yeah. But, so has yeah. This, okay. yeah, it has a 70s style headstock as well, so the bigger one. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, looks good. Uh, number 15, Anibal Music Man Valentine. So, th so this is the Music Man version, not the Sterling version. With, and this is like $2,000 or so and 2,500 pounds. What? Is that the import tax added? Wow. That's quite a difference I in price. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. And I think the 
yeah, the Sterling by Music Man version is about six or seven hundred. Yeah. So about th- maybe a third of the price or something. So that's a big difference. And Have these are very this? good guitars, but yeah, yeah I've, I, I tried them only at the NAMM show, so not the perfect place at all to try them. But still, it's um, this is a very niche guitar, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, the Music Man version, I'd say yes, but the Sterling version is actually a very, very nicely built all-around guitar. I, like, I was really close to buying this one. Like, There's a video on my channel where I kind of search for a guitar at Thoman. And this was one of the like top three contenders for me to like choose from. I guess I kind of didn't want to go with that just because it's a signature guitar. And then I kind of backed down a little bit. But yeah, great instrument. Uh, and I'm guessing the Music Man version is even better. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the minus point is some people just don't like signature guitars. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it is true, but that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of amazing, you know, Ernie Ball and Sterling standard models that could have been on this list, right? So yeah. it's interesting that they chose this specific signature model for the best electric guitars twenty twenty one list. Yep. Number sixteen, Gibson ES three three five figured, which. Uh, you can get for a very affordable $4,150 or £3,000. Yeah, Plus that point. is a very beautiful guitar. I mean, it looks great. Wouldn't mind having one, but number 16 on the list. Plus that, that's point. the first Gibson we've seen on the list, right? Uh, yes. We had an Epiphone on... Les Paul, and that's the yep. first Gibson, yeah. True. Minus point, a serious investment. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would see that as a plus point. I know. Uh, number 17, PRS McCarty 594. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I've actually never played like a McCarty. I, I have no idea how it actually sounds compared to a Les Paul, for example. No, me neither. But they have a very, very good reputation. So I've heard. Yeah, just moving on to the 18 spot Gretsch uh, G6659TG Players Edition Bro- Broadcaster Junior. That just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> yeah, very easy to say. Uh, the best electric guitar for the Gretsch fans ca- craving classic looks. This only has plus points. What? Amazing looks, beautifully built, vintage and modern sounds, updated playability, whatever that means. Updated playability. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. I again, again, I question if it's the best electric guitar for Gretsch fans craving classic looks. What about a White Falcon or something? Isn't yeah. that the quintessential Gretsch? I'd say in so. terms of classic looks as well. I don't know, but anyway, this looks amazing, and I would love to love to try one. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the Cadillac green finish on that. <laughs> looks kind of blue on my screen, but it's beautiful. Yeah, looks great. Uh, number 19, Fender American American Ultra Telecaster. And for whatever reason, this guitar has four and a half stars after its name. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this ah, that's a link to their review of it, I guess. they must have. Yeah. yeah, there we go. They must have reviewed it, but very strange. Four and a half stars. Yes. No vintage mojo here that's is the only minus point. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, a very modern uh, Telecaster, yeah. Uh, Good. It's a it's a great choice, I guess. But again, for a Telecaster, 
this one has the Fender Ultra Noiseless pickups. And I think yeah. if you're looking for one Telecaster, that is possibly not the place to start because lots of people say that noiseless pickups don't have quite the same mojo, you know, the vintage <laughs> mojo that they talk about as yep. the traditional single coils with their extra noise and everything else that they bring. So interesting choice. Yep. And number 20, Harleband Infusion to HSFR Roasted FNT. Again, rolls off the tongue. Uh, but basically... <laughs> five stars. A, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, those Harleband's are really good guitars. I wouldn't probably get the one with like a Floyd Rose type of bridge. I would get one with like a more traditional one. But for the money, they're killer guitars and also killer mod platforms. So, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I would put this maybe in top five on the list instead of having it as a 20th guitar. But, I mean, <laughs> the list is a list. It's very official. Yeah, it's their list. Mm. Yeah. Continuing with the other list, I think we'll probably like swoop through this quicker because we're talking yeah, about... Yeah, we'll have to go real fast. Yes. Uh, the nonsense of this these lists are such that... <laughs> I okay, so this... Uh, we're talking about like 20 uh, best guitar amps for 2021. And this was actually posted only eight days ago. So this is actually a bit more updated. Our pick for best combos, heads, and pedal board amps for all budgets and abilities. Okay, so there's actually some criteria here going on. And yeah, let's start with the best guitar amps on the $500, under £500. And number one is Positive Grid Spark 40. Have you gotten a chance to try one out? Seems to be good, and um, a lot of people no. like it. Yeah, lots of people really love it who have it, but there have been massive controversies and oh, weird things going on with waiting times. You know, some YouTubers got it months or years before people got it who actually paid for it, stuff like that. People were waiting a very long time, and then there was a lot of mixed YouTube footage and comments about it, but it seems like if it does everything it's supposed to do, it will be absolutely amazing and an awesome practice amp. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, they have a link to Tom and I'm click the link. It says in French that the, it's not available or I cannot find it. Yeah, that's that, that's another thing that we have to say about this list and the guitar list as well. It's obviously built around affiliate links for Music Radar. Yeah. So they are making money off every one who clicks on those links. So bear that in mind as well when you consider the independence of such lists. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I want to try one out, uh, but we'll see when that's actually happening, because as you mentioned, there seems to be a lot of like shortages on like people actually getting these. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two is Yamaha THR 30 Mark II wireless. Looks good. Apparently these are also really great amps. Haven't actually tried one out. I have the THR first edition, the standard one, the THR 10, and it's it's really, really good. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's a digital modeling amp, but it sounds great. The cleans and the light crunches are amazing, and it's super practical, super portable. There's a good desktop PC editor as well. You can plug it straight into a computer to record off it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm already relating more to this because it feels like makes a bit more sense in every single yeah. way than the, the guitar one. <laughs> uh, 
Number three is an amp I didn't even know existed, a Blackstar Silverline <laughs> Deluxe Head. A boutique, boutique take on a digital modeling amp tech, whatever that means. It looks like a big-ish head, actually. Weighs 9.6 kilos. I really don't know a lot about this amp. Seems like it's like a modeling amp, but it's like a in a like full-size head format. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this Silverline series kind of went under the radar a little bit. I remember them coming out. Obviously, I'm always, you know, into the amp world because that's where I work. And I remember it coming out and I've never played one yet. Would like to try it. They look kind of cool. That's an interesting idea. But yeah, I don't know anyone who owns one either. So if anyone watching this has a silver line, tell us, tell us what you think of it. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you missed an opportunity for a joke. Uh, like it went, un you mentioned that this amp went under the radar, and we are reading this article on Music Radar. So damn, yeah, there we that's go. A, that's an opportunity missed. Maybe next time. Uh, it's too early in the day for me to have my humor switched on. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by the end of the show, <laughs> that will happen. Uh, number four is the Boss Katana Artist Mark to 1x12 combo. It's really, really easy to agree on this one. Uh, I have the Katana Mark II, just the standard version, not the artist version, and even that is a killer, killer amp. I would actually probably put that instead of the artist version, just because it's cheaper, and you get so, so much with it. So, have you, you you've probably played Katanas at some point. Yeah, I have, of course, and I can only agree with you. They're very, very good, especially for the price. A no-brainer. Number five is the Fender Blues Junior Mark IV. The best low-priced combo for all Valve Blues tones. It's a classic. Yeah, exactly. It's um, I would go for the Hot Rod Deluxe over one of these, but that's just personal taste, I guess. The Hot Rod Deluxe is probably further down the list anyway, so yeah. 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 Another, another good choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with the amp list a lot more than the guitar one so far. Definitely. And I mean... I didn't realize the Blues Junior is roughly the same price as a Hot Rod Deluxe. Okay, maybe the Hot Rod Deluxe is a bit more pricey, but you could get, like, they said 6.59 euros. For that money, you can at least get a used Hot Rod Deluxe. And maybe, like, even a modified one where yeah. they, like, tweaked a few of the things, or, like, a few of the issues those amps have. Like, I think mine had, like, a very jumpy master volume, so, like, from zero to one, it would have, like, a huge volume jump, and then it kind of became more even. A lot of people yeah. know how to modify those, so you could get one of those as well. But yeah, good amp. Number six is the Blackstar HD20R Mark II. So it's probably the same amp uh, like as the head, but in a combo format, I think. Yep. Uh, oh, wait a second. This is not a digital amp. This is... No, no this, is is. A, this is a tube amp. But it also has a USB out. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, lots of tube amps do these days, but True. yeah, it's it's a tube amp, but it's the it's the Black Star thing where it's kind of a bit hybridy. Yeah, it seems to have an XLRD out. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that every every company these days should be making technological advances and making sure, sure that you know modern guitar players can plug in. And that's that's one issue I have with the more classic Fender amps, for example. Okay, they've come out with the Digital Tone Master range recently, but you know that Blues Junior, for example, you can't really enjoy it that much at home unless you have a special thing to 
to keep the volume down to low enough levels and you can't plug it into your computer to record or anything so you've got to mic it up and yeah True. stuff like this uh, xlr di out is just it's it makes things so much easier for players and i think that that's what people want these days yep makes a lot of sense hey yeah. number seven is the blue guitar amp one mercury edition <laughs> never heard of that one uh as well I, I i can't say i'm completely unbiased in this one because we work together on blue guitar stuff as well and it's a good amp it's a good amp like it's small yeah, it is it's like as we talked about like home recording and stuff like that i i just ran it from the speaker out into my two notes cab and it worked i was getting great tones and it also has the feel of like a more traditional amp instead of like the like the kind of overcompressed feel you get with a lot of the digital amps instead. Good product. Uh, I kind of have a feeling we have to move on so we don't sound too biased here. So that's that's why I'm not saying anything whatsoever right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to like like move on and move on to the Victory V4, the Duchess pedal amp. Interesting. Is that the one with an XLR out, or it's, is it the... Oh, I think like... that all of their pedal amps have XLR outs. I think they're all meant to be kind of amp replacements, effectively. Nice. So it's like your whole rig is a pedal board. Yeah, I really like that yeah, it's a combination. Class D power stage, tube, Volve, preamp. And yeah, it has a balance line out, effects loop. They don't mention a DI here, but I'm pretty sure it has one. Yeah, interesting minus one. The fan is always on making recording tricky. What? That's interesting. So it has a loud That's fan. That's weird. Yeah. I wonder why that makes recording tricky. Not sure, because I, I'm kind of assuming everyone would record with their headphones anyway. Well, like most people yeah. would. Except me. Yeah. I like to use studio monitors, but most. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like an interesting amp. Kind of would love to try it out, but I'm not sure if yeah. there's a victory dealer in Finland. Maybe there is, but haven't been able to find one yet. Number no, nine. there's not many options to get them here yeah. either. I would like to try. I haven't tried any of the pedal ones yet. Would would like to. Yep. Yeah. Someone who has owned a victory sheriff twenty two. I'm like, I like their amps. They're functional, good sounding, and pretty well priced as well number nine is the fender 86 princeton reverb the best all valve combo you can buy that is if you like that sound i would say yeah it's it's the classic if you don't like fender tones you don't want it but if you like fender then yeah. it's one of the very best you know yeah the only thing i and don't know no worries why it's on the list yeah yeah uh the only thing i don't agree on is the fact that it well i mean it probably takes pedals well but i think this is one of those times especially with a 10 inch speaker it's for certain type of sounds it's good and like takes the pedals well and stuff like that but if you want to have like more like bigger drive sounds the 10 inch speaker with like a fairly scooped mid-range on this one yeah like it has its own sound. It's not like, not like a neutral pedal platform by no means. I think it's like 
a yeah. fantastic sound and then you can shape it with your pedals but it's not a pedal platform amp in that sense that it's a very neutral one just wanted to add that that's my experience with it at least yeah no that's fair i would agree with that but yeah, yeah i can totally see why this one is on the list no no questions whatsoever yeah, absolutely uh number 10 vox ac 15 c2 yeah Good amp. Same thing here, really. Yeah. yeah. I would imagine that they'd put the AC30 on this list because that's kind of the classic, but the AC15 is more, yeah, I just think slightly more usable volume-wise for people these days as well. It still weighs 30 kilos, though, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. It's a bit of a beast, but it's a 2x12, so I guess, you know. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Still not the heaviest amp I've owned. Maybe that's the story for a different time. Yeah. Uh, number 11 Fender Tone Master Deluxe Reverb again I get. I think this is this one makes sense though the minus point is it's not a valve amp but is that a min actually a minus point I mean that could be a plus as well yeah exactly I mean it's not got valves in it but it has so many other things in it that valve driven Fender amps don't so it's like you, you want to choose either the functionality or the traditional nature of the, the Volve tube amps. Yeah. I don't know. I've played the tube ones. I've played these ones, and I think they're all great. Yeah. I really like this amp. Yeah, uh, the cool, the and cool it's thing so about, light. Yeah, the cool thing about this amp also is like, uh, there's very few times where I'm, I'm going to say, like, I, I like the fact that you can have software updates to it. But on Phil McNatt's channel, he actually like checked, like Fender released a pretty big software update for this amp. And all the kind of fizziness issues people had with it uh, when using the amp with like some of the drive pedals seems to be gone now. And they also like tweaked the reverb and stuff like that to make it even more usable. So like there's that thing as well. It's light, uh, yeah, 70 kilos, but it looks like a cool Fender amp and you wouldn't be able to tell it that's a digital amp in, besides that uh, tone, what's the tone master tag at the like lower bottom corner yeah 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 uh number 12 is the roland jc 120 uh what this is the first what for me on this list okay now again i understand why it's on the list because it's a classic for certain people for certain kinds of stuff it is just a, a clean platform and i know people today who love it as a pedal platform amp you know yep. it, it just kind of does clean there's no real distortion that you're going to get out of it it has as they say here a true stereo chorus to die for but yeah it's just an awesome clean platform if that's what you want true but it is a bit more niche amp i would say that's why i find it interesting to have yeah it definitely it's um it's certainly not in the same league as some of the others yeah. but again it's some of the if you needed a clean amp to back up your pedal board or something and you were looking for something quick and cheap and you found one of these then it, w it would do the job and they're probably very very affordable on the used market as well oh yeah definitely yeah no number 13 evh 5150 mark 3 the 50 watt el34 head i have nothing to say about it it's a classic yeah classic exactly you can, see, you can see why it's on the list yeah yep 14 orange shocker 32 yep Again, agree. I've had the, this amp. This amp actually started my YouTube channel, and it's great. But There's, is it? 
is yeah. is that the one orange amp that you would put on this list though is it the most iconic orange amp i don't know uh, it's not the most iconic but i think and it's not the most practical amp either but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, i mean for the things that you can do with it it's it's different very cool amp I don't mind. Maybe like you could also put like a Rocker 32 or like one of those smaller heads that kind of get you these sounds. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Vi Victory VC35, the copper is at number 15. I don't know this amp, mm -hmm. to be honest. So, oh, it's the AC no, sounds. I, yeah, I've not played it, but it's their kind of take on the Vox sort of sound. Sounds and interesting. And I believe that. Yeah, I believe this is the model that they adapted to make into a signature model for Danish Pete. Ah. I'm saying this without having fact-checked that, but I'm, I think that's the model. And yeah, it should be, it should be great. I, I would like to try one. I've yep. not had the chance to do that, hopefully soon. Yep. I've been kind of uh, waiting to find like a head version of like AC30 type of amp because it's just not practical to have a combo yeah. in a studio. Yeah. Need to check a few videos on this one. Looks great. Uh, number 16, Marshall 2525C Silver Jubilee combo. Okay. I guess that's a classic as well. Looks great. Pretty affordable. Again though, is that is that the Marshall you would put on this list? Uh, no. <laughs> it's it's a very niche choice, in my opinion. Yep. But yeah, it, it also has some modern aspects to it. You know, it has a some attenuation. You can go from twenty watts down to five. It has a DI, etc. So you can use it at home as well. But it's like, you know, there are many many classic Marshall amps that I would have put over this one onto the list. Sure, but maybe maybe the, if there is. Uh, to list the amps uh, for guitarists in 2021, then like a DI out and effects loop and everything like that in a combo for 800-ish euros. I think it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, I guess. But what about the Marshall Origin or something like that? True. They have the modern features. I guess. And what about the newer, um, you know, they have the newer mini heads as well, the SV20, ah. etc., that kind of thing. Are they not more of a choice? I don't know. I They're don't not know. combos, are they? Yeah. But I think there are combo versions available. Anyway, whatever. I'm They've not, chosen this I, one. I don't know anymore. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not able to follow all of this. So, <laughs> uh, 17, Mesa Boogie Mark 525. It's expensive, but apparently very versatile. As someone who has earned yeah. Mark, owned Mark 5, thumbs up from me. That was our rating system. Yeah. And this uh, is amazing smaller. app. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. Again, there's there's probably more classic Mezaboogie models, but for the player in 2021, then yeah, this is this is the one to get. I think. Yep. Exactly. Uh, number eighteen, Supro one nine one six nine RT Black Magic Reverb. Unfortunately, I know very little about this amp. Looks cool, but I very yeah, like Supro traditional amp. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they are. They're super cool combo versions of the originals from the 60s. And they're great, you know. They're, yeah. um, they're pretty simple. They do what they do, and they do it very, very well. That's yeah. it. They're not super flexible. They're not 
practical for <laughs> modern quiet players. And I've actually been at two separate events, music industry events, where I've been stationed fairly close to the Supro booth and had two different Supro guys like blowing my head off for four days in a row each time because they're just so loud and they yep. sound great. But after hearing them for hours and hours and end, you're like, okay, Supro, very nice, but I don't want to get tinnitus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would own one of these for sure. If I, if I had the means to do it, if I needed one for a band I was in or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. It's, an, it's an interesting, cool niche choice for the list. True. And the next one is also kind of interesting. And number 19 is PV Invective. Uh, invective? That's how it's pronounced, I think. 120 yeah. head, which is... Uh, is that uh, Misha Mansour's? Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. Amp. That's a gigantic amp that has everything in it, seems like. Yeah, sure, yeah. why not? It's actually not, like, not that expensive, like 1700 uh, euros or so. Actually, like, for what you're getting, I think that's pretty reasonable. If you want to get that kind of modern metal sound, then, yeah, if you're a big Misha fan, then perfect. I've not played one, so I can't really comment on it too much, yeah. but I just they're supposed that, to be fairly good, I think. Yeah, I just remembered, I think they have a mini version of this as well. I would probably put that they do, yes. on the list instead of this one. To me, it would make more sense, but I don't know. Yeah. And uh, number 20 is the Mesafugi California Tweed. What? Interesting. That's, yeah, that's another one where I just think, okay, yeah, good amp, very good amp, but why is it on this list? Not sure. Um, we're at the end of the list, and I'm thinking, why is, for example, a company like Rev not featured on the list? Oh, yeah. There's Maybe two Mesaboogies, but no no amps by smaller boutique builders like that yep in, i have to agree maybe there's something like in the, it's it's the same as with the guitar list where there are like certain brands were just completely absent and yeah like, there's a couple here as well where i think what you know there the could be different choices but it's again it's an interesting list and it's interesting to see what music radar's taste is of yeah. course tempered by the fact that they have advertisers and that they have affiliate links on all of these all of these posts as well. Yeah. Very like I have to like say that I did agree with this list much more than <laughs> with the guitar list. Yeah, me this too. Me too. This doesn't this doesn't seem as random as that one. They were that one felt like they were just throwing guitars like different like they just threw all the guitar names on the wall. Like, yeah, that 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 and that's the list. And uh, this makes more sense. But moving on uh, to Chris Buck's new band called Cardinal Black. Chris Buck is, I guess, best known as a YouTuber. Very kind of tasty player, yeah. if you will. Something like that. And he has a new band called Cardinal Black. And they have a single out called Tell Me How It Feels. I actually enjoyed the song quite a lot. Yeah, me too. It's a, it's a nice track. It's kind of hard to describe. It's very so sort of standard modern rock with kind of a maybe a soul sort of a feel to it the singer has a great voice chris is not singing i think he's just playing guitar on it yeah it's a four-piece modern band doing their thing and yeah the standout for me is chris is playing as usual yeah. he's incredibly tasteful and the thing about him which i really enjoy is that he knows when not to play 
you know, he takes mm. breaks and breathes between the notes. And he can play super fast, just like many, many other guitarists can on social media these days, but he also knows when not to play. So I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, to me, it's very rare that a guitar player, like, we've heard so many guitar players over the years, like, there are very few instances where you, like, hear the song for the first time and, like, the guitar playing stands out uh, in, a, like, a very positive and, I'd say, like, emotional way. I think, like, uh, the singer was really good in this, like, is really good in this band. I liked him a lot. And then kind of Chris's guitar playing adds its own amazing layer on top of that. It's like, it's really connected with me. Like his playing, the sounds he was getting, like just the right amount of reverbs and fuzzies and stuff like that. It was great. And as you can guess, links below to this single in the description. But yeah, I'm curious to see what else they come out with. I think this was, was a fairly strong opening, so... Yeah, definitely. Yep. We'll see what else they have. A <laughs> second single we checked out is Ingvi uh, Malmsteen's new single, and this is a very, very different kind of song. Yeah, from knowing when not to play, like Chris Buck, to <laughs> the opposite of that, to playing all the notes all the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think what this single reminded me of is just like uh, how... Freaking good Ingvi is in what he's doing. Like, whether you like yeah. what he's doing or not, uh, he's just on an incredible level very, very few people have ever reached when it comes to that neoclassical shreddy thing. Uh, as a song, I don't know. It's kind of what you expect, I guess. And there's also been some controversies yeah. about this song, where, whether it's like... I think I heard rumors that uh, Ingvi might have produced this himself, and like there's some weird edits and stuff like that, and feels sometimes feels like drums and bass aren't aligned with each other and stuff like that. But it's Ingvi's song. You're not there for the rhythm section anyway, so I don't know if that matters. No, exactly, and you have his standard playing. To, to enjoy if you enjoy that sort of thing and yeah, exactly. he's on form in that regard I think so <laughs> yeah two very very polar opposite song recommendations there I guess me personally I would pick the Chris Buck Cardinal Black song to listen to sure I don't know maybe you'd choose the same I'm not sure I would probably go with Chris Buck like if if I would have to listen to the like either of the song 10 times in a row I would go with Chris Buck Swan <laughs> but I mean yeah Ingve. I would like to see Ingve do a guest solo on the Cardinal Black song, and I would like to see Chris Buck do one of his, you know, finger-picked slide sort of jobbies on the the Malmsteen track. I think that could be a very interesting mashup. That would be amazing. I, I seriously doubt that will ever happen, but yes, if it would, I would be. Ah, that would be so good. I like that idea. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, artists, uh, let's jump to host confessions and talk about a few signature guitars we would love to get. Alright, so the question is very simple. Uh, <laughs> or the, the premise is very simple. Uh, you have a, an unlimited budget and you, you can uh, get one signature guitar by someone else. Like, just any guitar. It doesn't have to be a guitar that's 
available as new right now, but just any signature guitar you could get. Uh, what do you choose? Yeah, that's a super hard choice. Um, and I just had a couple of minutes to think about this yesterday, and I came up with two choices. I may be missing other things. And in fact, I'll just come up with a third one right now off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but as follows, I would say for current guitars, I would like to try. Oh, wait, I've got four now. <laughs> They're just going to my mind. OK, so two current Ernie Ball ones. You've got the the signature one for Omar Rodriguez Lopez, which is the Mariposa. Yep. He was in At The Drive-In and the Mars Volta, and I was a huge At The Drive-In fan, always loved what he did with the guitar, so would like to try that just for this. It's an offset. The Ernie Ball one is very, very expensive. I believe there's going to be a Sterling version of it, yeah. so that will be my ballpark. I would like to try that out. I would also really, really like to try the St. Vincent guitar. I've played it at a show. I really enjoyed it. I would like to spend a bit more time with it to see if I can get used to it to really understand the different options you have with the three mini humbuckers that guitar looks so different it's yeah. so cool and i think you either love it or don't love it and i'm in the camp where i love it there's also a lovely blue finish available for people who like blue including me so that's good and the two guitars that i originally came up with would have been the 2021 jason isbell fender telecaster custom signature model which i've never seen anywhere which I don't think is out yet, but it just looks really good. I'm a big Jason Isbell fan, so I would like to try that one out. And the real answer is perhaps not that exciting. It's not a very famous guitar, but it is the Nick Valenci Epiphone Riviera signature model. Mm. Nick Valenci was one of the two guitar players in The Strokes, who were one of my favorite indie rock bands of all time, I would say. Their first album is This It, is one of my absolute favorites. And... Yeah, that is just, it was an Epiphone Elitist signature model. It's a hollow body guitar. It came in a natural finish and it has two Gibson P94 pickups in it. And I just love the tones that Nick Valencia used to get on the first Strokes records. And I've had for about 20 years, I think, an eBay search going for whenever one of those comes up. It alerts me to tell me that there's one there, but they just never come up because I don't think there were that many made. Yeah. And yeah, I, if I ever see one in the flesh, I will, I will snap it up. But they were high-end Epiphones. I believe they were made in Japan yeah. as opposed to Korea. Someone might want to correct me on that. But yeah, the Epiphone Nick Valenci signature model, that's the one I'd go for. Interesting. I haven't even heard about that guitar. I need to check it out. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's niche. True, true. Uh, the first guitar that came to my mind right away was the, well, uh, something from John Petrucci, but not actually Music Man. He used to have a signature guitar with Ibanez, and I guess you can still find those, like, in some places. Uh, he had this weird Picasso finish, and, like, some art piece from Picasso, and it's very, very flashy, very 90s, I'd say... And it's not like, uh, specs-wise, it's probably not like a dream guitar for me because it has like a Floyd Rose type of thing. But it's such an iconic guitar, like he used it on uh, the Rock Discipline VHS that I watched a lot when I was uh, younger and 
like studied his like all the picking and stretching finger stretching techniques and stuff like that and it's just an iconic guitar so that's one definitely i think yeah, you can still find choice. yeah you can find those on ebay and even like finnish used market seems to have one of those every now and then so it's actually a realistic thing to have one of those at some point hopefully and since we're picking more than one guitar i'm just going to say the silver sky i think i like that guitar yeah i like it yeah why not exactly yeah. <laughs> why not this is my <laughs> argument for most of things nowadays like why not no i i like that guitar it looks cool and i've actually played one and it sounds great and i especially like the feel like it was a bit more smooth feeling than a traditional fender and why not um, yeah, I mean, it's also a signature model, which is not super signature modelly. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that before. It's just, it's just an awesome model of guitar. Exactly. You, you don't, you don't pick it up. Well, I think guitarists pick it up and think John Mayer, but it's just kind of like a Strat, isn't it? Yep. We all know it. Pretty much. Uh, I think speaking of guitars, let's jump to my Charvel talk because we actually touched on eBay and now on some signature guitars. This wasn't a signature guitar, but yeah, I'm going to share a story about that one next. <laughs> As I mentioned, we're talking about my guitar history and we're talking about a Charvel San Dimas 1996. I actually had to like check what guitar it was because I initially thought it was a SoCal, but nope. It was a San Dimas from 1996 and this is the only guitar I've ever bought from eBay. And Okay. And as I've, made, I've alluded to this in like a couple of episodes ago, uh, I would really want to a guitar like this and I thought it was really cool to get something a bit more vintage I don't know if 1996 is vintage it's 2021 so it is what how math works 17 years old or something like that 27 17 27 years old yes that's how a math works so I'd say that's kind of vintage 25 25 <laughs> yes true <laughs> <laughs> and it's only Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I found this one on eBay and was like, okay, that looks exactly like the thing I want to get. And according to the seller, like he listed some flaws, like somebody had burned, like there's like some, I don't know if it's a cigarette burn or anything like that uh, on the body. There was like a dent there. And I think he mentioned something about uh, slight like electronics issues and mm. gave a discount like and he was selling it for a fairly affordable price of because of that so i thought all right ebay seller protection is decent I'm and he had a bunch of positive reviews so I thought, like why not and mm -hmm. yeah decided to buy the guitar i'm gonna say it was roughly 600 dollars or so so that was i think i also had to pay like import tax so it ended up being like 600 650 euros at the end and when the guitar arrived, first of all, it smelled like cigarettes. It like really, really smelled like cigarettes, which wasn't fun. And also, after playing it for a little bit, I noticed that A, it was pretty dirty, especially the fingerboard. 
And uh, one of the pickups, like I couldn't make it to work no matter what. I tried to resolder it and stuff like that. And I took the whole thing to a guitar tech and we found out that the coil on the neck pickup had been, like it had broken and there was no way to fix it. Because when you kind of lose those, when you wind the pickups, you take like the kind of beginning and the end, like you solder the beginning, then you wire the coil and then you kind of connect the end. And if you lose where it kind of begins or ends, it's you basically have to unwind the whole coil to find it. And it's, it's not reasonable to do that. So I had to get two new pickups for it as well. And then because I wanted to matching like middle and neck pickups for that. And I basically sent some sort of what's a complaint to the seller. And I think he refunded me for like $40 or something, which was a joke. But I didn't feel like sending it back to US or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So what happened in the end? Did you get it fixed up and play it? Or did you get rid of it as quick as you could? Uh, I did initially fix it because, uh, I, well, I got two DiMarzio pickups for the middle and the neck and installed those. And then I had it cleaned and like probably set up and stuff like that. It played great, it sounded great. And I am not sure why I ended up selling it. <laughs> <laughs> you say that every time. I know. But yeah, this, I mean. It's terrible. Now, just it look, looks like an awesome guitar. Yeah, like just looking at it, it's exactly the kind of thing I would love to have now. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, one thing I also did was swap the saddles on it. I switched to, I think it had like some sort of Godo or something like that, or a Wilkinson bridge or something like that. I swapped the saddles for graphite ones, which made it a bit less bright sounding. And oh yeah, there was, I think some of, one of the saddles had issues as well, like a screw broke inside. It looks like looking at this picture here, the, the G string, saddle is way out of line with the rest yeah was that an issue at all or I th I, is this the picture of the bridge before you swapped it or is uh, this the new one you put on uh is that's the one before i swapped it so yes i think you're correct yeah there. that might have been the issue so yeah yeah uh i mean as a pro like thinking now like i could have kept it and like kept upgrading it here and there and it would be a super cool instrument to play uh, I remember using it live in church situations as well. Like it's not too flashy for that type of stuff either for me at least. And especially now that I'm doing more rock stuff, it would, yeah. would be so cool to have that one. But I honestly don't remember why I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guitar. Instrument. Again, you'll have to. I just yeah. Like I've try and track it down. Yeah, it's probably quite easy to find. There's probably not many of that guitar in Finland. Yeah, I would guess so. And it's some, also like I'm like now regretting that I didn't like write down all the instruments I had and why I sold them. My friend of mine has done that, and it's kind of interesting. He every now and then goes back to that list and it's like, what I was thinking, what, why did I sell this? And like he actually wrote notes on like Excel sheet, like sold this because thing like because the neck was too big or too small or something like that <laughs> <laughs> but i would love to have this guitar back even with all of its issues it had a vibe to it yeah yeah it looks from that image it looks like it has that mojo yep. to it yep definitely. did you ever get the smell of the cigarettes away from it i think it just kind of 
vanished at the time. It wore off. Yeah, wore yeah. off. So. That, yeah, that it's, this story is a very good kind of warning, I guess, for anyone who's buying guitars, especially used guitars from places like eBay. Yeah. You place so much trust in the seller to be telling you the truth and for things to be working and for the couriers to deliver it without breaking the neck in half or whatever as well. And yeah, I think you ended up saving it and then selling it by mistake or whatever. But yeah, it's yep. um, it's always a risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm not confident buying anything from US and like, because you're not going to return it. You're going to, I, I don't know how the buyer protection works in that sense, but like returning it, it's such a hassle if that would happen, so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing about eBay is that if there is a dispute or any kind of problem, they will always side with the buyer. Yeah. So in that sense, you're going to be okay. But it's just if if you want something and you're, you know, misled yeah. about what you're getting. I'm not saying the seller misled you here. Maybe he genuinely didn't know what was wrong with it or whatever. But yeah, eBay, be careful. That's that's my advice. Or go in person if you have the opportunity. I'm not saying fly to America to buy your guitar to take <laughs> back to Finland. But if you can try guitar in person, then I would always recommend yeah, doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's time to answer some of your questions and comments next. Uh, yes. Let's jump then now. Questions and comments. Joe Crow Sandibanes comments on last week's Catholic Fridays. I have a one. Uh, the Tone King said it's made in China, but all, but all it says on the back, California. Uh, we're talking about the Friedman BE mini amp, and we were wondering whether it's made in China or not. And yeah, they're secretive about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what else can you say? I, I assume it's made in China, which is not a problem, but it is interesting that they've not mentioned it. Yeah. I, I like, I, as I mentioned in the last episode, I don't mind. Like, you can build amazing products in China, so that's why I find it's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luis Vasquez on Catholic Fridays, episode number 14. You guys need to do an episode on songwriting. I completely agree. We're kind of working on that, yeah. trying to get some guests. So it's not just us talking about how we've write all of how we've written all of these chart topping hits. Yeah, exactly. Let's try and get a Grammy winning songwriter <laughs> on the show. That would be good. <laughs> That'd be good. I wouldn't mind. Uh, Patrick James Knight on the Budget base versus pro base video Hollabenden enhanced MG5MN versus a Sandbird California base. Basically, these are very similar looking bases, and you can immediately tell that Hollabenden really kind of, well, copied the Sandbird base. So it's basically my Hollabenden base compared it to my friend's Sandbird base. And yeah, Patrick James says that, are you kidding? You can buy almost five of the for the price of the sandberg and they sound the same in a mix no way to tell the difference buy one for yourself and treat a base for each of your four bodies amazing value <laughs> <laughs> patrick i like your reasoning though actually rich you go first i agree no i don't know i've not played either of these two and i'm pretty sure that in the mix 99.9% .9 of people, probably 100% of people wouldn't be able to tell the difference in tone. But 
I haven't seen this video either, so I actually don't even know what you said about it. But I'm assuming that the Sandberg feels, plays, and performs significantly better than the Harley Benton. But yeah, five times the value. Is it five times better? I'm pretty sure it's not. Nope, but that's... So, tell me, is it? Uh, <laughs> it's not five times better, but... There's certain things that you do get for more money and like the law of diminishing in scale, something that Captain Anderson promotes all the time. Uh, yes, it's not five times better, but it's more stable tuning was like a lot more stable. Uh, the hollow bed has some wiring issues or grounding issues. It hums when I play in it on gain, like the pots are a bit loose and stuff like that. They rattle every now and then. And the fret work is completely on a completely different level. It, the sandbag obviously intonates way, way better and just feels like a more solid instrument overall. Uh, is it five times better? Maybe not. But if you're playing live a lot or if you're recording a lot with a bass guitar, you probably want something that stays in tune, which is better intonated, which doesn't hum or do any buzzing noises and it like that. And yeah, sometimes you have to pay five times the price to get that. Yeah, exactly. It's the same with guitars as well. You know, um, yep. Harley Benton is, is the example here, make amazing instruments. And of course they cost way, way, way less than, you know, the American built Les Pauls or Strats or Tellys or whatever, but it's that law of diminishing returns and you buy something cheap and you get something which is great, but you can also quite often with more expensive instruments, you find something which is just that few percent better. You just get an overall sense that it's been maybe made not with more love and care, but just made with a bit more attention to detail with slightly better woods. And it's just something that I think a lot of people would trust, like you just said, to play a show or something like that. Yep, exactly. Yeah, but that's a cool comment, and I really like the idea of buying five bases and giving one to four of my friends. I would love to be in that position to be able to do that. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually appreciate Patrick's comment quite a lot. <laughs> uh, then the last one, Pebble Haze. It is shameful that paying as I do for all my internet services, and contrary to the contract I initially signed, I must put up with commercials or either pay an additional fee to watch YouTube Without commercials, as it was once possible, YouTube, you should be ashamed for of yourselves. <laughs> you didn't read that correctly. You should have shouted so, that message. Sorry, because yeah, it's because it's all in capital letters. True. Purple haze was really frustrated by this. Yeah, I, I guess I can understand that. Uh, I switched to YouTube Premium. Okay, this is this is one thing that I kind of don't like is the fact that I'm a creator on YouTube and I make money for YouTube, but I have to pay for YouTube uh, with no ads. That is something that yeah. I don't kind of understand. I mean, technically I get like I get paid for my videos and then I can use this money to pay for YouTube. But yeah, <laughs> premium has been great. Uh, actually, like initially I got it because my daughter watches a lot of cartoons on YouTube and I don't want mm. her to watch all of those ads, especially because the ads are targeted at me, not her. So she would get like yeah. very random ads for that and I don't want her to go through that. So, but it's, it's been great. Like 
anytime I watch YouTube on a platform or like on a device that doesn't have like I'm not logged into, uh, I'm just always reminded. Oh, this is what it was was like. I'm happy to pay the money, but I I guess I also kind of agree. Like it would make sense to be able to, like if you're creating content and you're monetized at least, just give that thing for creators for free. Yeah, I I understand the argument. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, really, because, you know, at the end of the day, YouTube is a business and um, they want to make money. Yep. That also. Same as Facebook, same as all the social media channels. Yeah. And yeah, I think even though you have premium and you don't see any adverts, I believe that videos with adverts still pay the creators, right? Yes. So if you watch a video by somebody else, you don't see an advert, but they still get the money they would have got from advertising anyway right yeah that's how it works basically they're kind of using yeah. that money to pay the creators then so it's not it's not like i'm robbing them either so i like that as well yeah um yeah. i mean uh, yeah overall i'm happy to watch ads well i'm not happy to watch ads but i understand that it's part of a free service and there is so much amazing content that you get for free on youtube so many amazing videos and yeah if that means watching a 10 or 20 second ad before a couple of them, then I'm fine with it. Yep. Yeah, it might be the kind of nature of YouTube where like we used to like click on the video and if it's not like immediately interesting, we tune off. Whereas I'd say maybe on TV, we have a bit long, we're used to a bit more like a longer attention span and we also used to the ads. But I don't know, somehow people, I guess, think that on the internet, they shouldn't have ads. Yeah, exactly. Different different rules. Seems so. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the weekend watch as the last thing, and then we head off to the weekend. But first, weekend watch. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Video. It's not like you have anything else to do. This weekend's watch is a classic because Steve Vai recently uploaded a 4K version or an upscaled version of his For the Love of God video. And I, I gotta admit, I had never seen it before. This was the first time I've seen that music video and it's quite something. Let's put it that way. Like, first of all, I, I love that like technology allows us to like... Uh, rescan the films or something like that which helps them to get like allows to get the high-res versions of these and that video was uh, like yeah i don't know steve is maybe 20 something in the video and he's already like this rock god with all the poses and all <laughs> the symbolism in that video and stuff like that it's you gotta watch it at least once it's very, yeah, I've never seen it. I'm going to watch it this weekend as well. Yeah, it's like very, very 80s in that sense. All the poses he makes and like kind of awkwardly close up shots of his face, <laughs> like doing all the guitar faces and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's great. Highly, highly recommend it. Like watch it once and maybe you don't have to watch it ever again, but it's it's something that you need to have in your music video repertoire, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that wraps up this week's Capic Fridays. Again, links below in the description to all of the things and channels and articles and everything we mentioned here. If you're a fan of the show and want to support what we do, a great way to do that is either get the Capic Studios songwriting course or use affiliate links 
in the description. There's a basically like a Toman store going on, and if you buy anything from there, it won't cost you anything extra, but we get a tiny percentage of that to keep this show running. And yeah, like, share, subscribe, leave us a review on podcast platforms. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Rich, again for hosting this madness with me. Thanks for having me. And uh, hey, we, we we agreed that we're going to have a new ending to the show where we say bye podcast. <laughs> so let's go with that. <laughs> I think Iduk started that by accident. Was it you? One of you guys started it by accident. Uh, he's not here, so I'll say it was him. Okay, good. Bye podcast. Bye podcast. <laughs> have a great weekend. <laughs>